0: I freaking ran into to Jamin and we had a full deep fin discussion yesterday morning. Naked Vikings, NVS fins. I believe the promo code is podcast to get a discount on your NVS fins from uh, Jamin and the crew.
1: Um, Jamin is quite the thinker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had a, well, like I said, we had a deep dive. Of what turned into a, a two guys walking past each other for early morning surf ended up in a 10 minute super cool discussion about fins and my boards and his boards and what fins and all that fun stuff so naked vikings fins i'm i'm a big fan of what they do
1: so jamin i don't know if you know his background he was a scientist i want to say he was in like microbiology or something um and yeah like fully enjoyed it his mind is wired that way but had this opportunity with leif um, for Naked Viking fins. And they just kind of realized as they slowly got into it, just doing it as a passion project on the side of their day jobs, they realized how much um, improvement there could be made in this part of the industry. And so now they're both doing it full time. Sweet.
0: Still Did he tell you he's got a baby on the way? No, he didn't. He was riding Taylor Knox's fish, and we weren't talking babies. So you guys know. are brothers in
1: babyhood. Well, yes, we are. That's what we've been texting about more than Finn's. Um, I think theirs is due this next week. I've got an idea. Tell me.
0: You name your kid Finn. Finn is a that, great Irish name.
1: That is actually on the list. Yeah, with two N's. Yeah. Yeah, I've got okay. a buddy
0: named Finn. Yeah, it's a cool name. Finn.
1: I was. I just uh, introduced the idea of Val to Lauren. <laughs> really? She's not too keen on it. No,
0: that I don't like that one. I mean like Val Kilmer. For Val. Oh, Val for the boy.
1: For a uh, boy, yeah. Uh, it's like Val I, Kilmer. Like obviously I, there's lots of girl Vals, but Val is unique for a boy. Yeah. I don't know okay, about but, that one. But Finn, can I get naked Viking to sponsor our son? Like if we <laughs> name him Finn, how much will they pay me? <laughs> I mean,
0: you, you could name him C Drive.
1: <laughs> exactly. Finn C drive <laughs> scales. Um, well, yeah, naked Viking supports the show. So surf NVS. We also, though, I had a conversation with those guys a couple of weeks ago and I was like, let's drive business to retail because they are placing their fins at retailers. I just don't have a list of the retailers. So I guess it'd be premature, but if you live somewhere in San Diego, certainly San Diego retailers have them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who they are either. I could spit out a bunch of them because I'm a big fan of surf retail.
1: Our thought was just coming out of COVID. Surf retail, you know, can use a little uh help. And so let's kind of drive NVS sales to surf retail. So if you have a local retailer, that way you can kind of see them before you purchase. But NVS fins and then of course athleticgreens.com/slash surf is uh fuels us every day. I had mine at six o'clock today and I'm feeling wired because of it.
0: Yes, I have mine every morning with my breakfast, which consists of eggs, bacon, tomato, avocado, and athletic greens with a little dropper of the vitamin D in there too, to mix it all up. I love my athletic greens.
1: And if you use our promo code, which is athleticgreens.com surf, you get uh, the vitamin D dropper. It's a year supply of vitamin D. So they'll ship it to your house every month, the athletic greens, and then the vitamin D dropper you have for a year. So thanks for that.
0: Some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding
1: open. It spits. Oh,
0: when it spit me, I thought it was gonna spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the
1: spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit. Spit. Spit.
0: We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, guy.
2: Yeah,
0: guy. Welcome everybody. This is spit podcast scott bass david lee scales with you here on this tuesday morning we're back on the tuesday schedule at least for a week who knows what happens next week it is july 6th and david good morning
1: welcome scott happy fourth of july how did you how did you celebrate
0: um let's see fourth of july what did i do i may have mowed my lawn wow is that a euphemism no, that's putting
1: <laughs> out the lawnmower and cutting grass. Are we bringing Manscaped back on the show as a sponsor?
0: <laughs> no, 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 we are not.
1: Hey, you know what? I have a question with, with 4th of July. Did you wear an American flag and catch a wave and use it as a cape?
0: No, that, that whole thing is past me now. This whole concept of, I don't know to me that's like bringing attention to yourself it's not really about like does, does preach, america really preach. need does america really need me to be the guy that's like hey everyone happy independence i mean everyone's doing that you know what i mean like i'm all for it i watched the fireworks on tv i thought it was great um you know i love that elton john song um philadelphia freedom you know like when the fireworks are going off i was even though it's not a song I would personally download onto my you know list, my song list, those are, you know, there's some 4th of July themed songs, which bring a tear to my eye. And that's one of them.
1: Dude, of all the 4th of July songs, I, that one never even dawned on me. Like, and I actually played Spotify 4th of July, like playlist this weekend yeah, yeah. and that did not pop up, but you are absolutely right. That song is a banger. That song is, a song is so good. It is a good song. I it's sense we so have figured out what the closing song for this show will be. That thing is high energy. It pumps. It, the problem is he's not American. So what? That okay. says even more. We got
0: a British guy
1: talking about how
0: great America is. <laughs> he's not There's, even an immigrant. I mean, I mean, that nothing speaks to the power of Independence Day, like a British guy singing about us kicking George King George's ass.
1: What was that? I thought it was written for like a tennis team or something. I'm sure for the Philadelphia yeah. flyers or something.
0: Oh, really? Oh, that might be, it. that could be it. I'm going to Google it real quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to say tennis, but I can't think of a tennis team that was from Philadelphia. Um, But he's an a interesting dude. Team. I don't know, dude. There, yeah. There's no teams. Right. So right. I don't know. Maybe my wires are crossed, but um, he's an interesting dude in that he really had a fascination with America. And, There's an album, um, uh, the name's escaping me now, but it's the album that Amarina is on in My Father's Gun, where he played the role of like an American cowboy. Like he was fascinated with the old West for a period of time living in England. And so wrote an album from the perspective of an American cowboy in the 1800s. And that song, My Father's Gun is about... His dad going to fight in the Civil War, you know. So the whole album's from that perspective, and it's a phenomenal album. Oh, that so.
0: that sounds interesting.
1: Interesting, dude. Yeah. What did you I, What did you find?
0: I, you were right. You're correct. Um, the song was written by Elton John and Bernie Taup, and of course Bernie Taup and his his cohort in songwriting, as a favor to Elton John's friend tennis star Billy Jean King, mm. who was part of the Philadelphia Freedoms professional tennis team. The song features an orchestral arrangement by Gene Page, which includes, flutes, horns and strings. So yeah, uh, you, you absolutely, that's a great trivia question.
1: Yeah. I have no idea why my brain recorded that. Um, but I do love that song. So, so back to uh, wearing a flag on the 4th of July to promote your, how right. patriotic you are, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Now I've got, I've got a rant coming. I can feel it already. Go bro, um, go. Number one, so Mark Zuckerberg, this yes. this was kind of the, the image of the weekend. Yeah. I had people DM me say, do I have to hate America now? Like I wanna like America. This is the epitome of so much that is ugly about America, which yeah. is yes, the flag waving literally in your face to promote one's self. Then number two, isn't it, I grew up where you were supposed to respect the flag, where if it was your job to hoist the flag up the flagpole, the flag could not touch the ground. You had to fold it a certain way. You know, like there was all of these rules that came with the flag. How did we get to the point to where, I mean, there's a clip, Kyle Lenny posted it as well, where he's do, like uh, doing airs on a foil board, wearing the flag as a cape. There's clips where he's absolutely falling. They just cut away right before he dips underwater. So you're soaking the flag in the lake water. <laughs> People are wearing board shorts, which means they're naked rubbing against the flag, the board short that looks like an American flag, You know, or it has the American flag print on it. It's wow. so disrespectful. To me, this is the epitome of disrespect. And it's the epitome of what you said, which is, look at me look at me, disrespect this thing. And yet they're posing it as patriotism when it's the last thing that it is. Yeah.
0: And even further is the concept that, you know, Facebook, basically Facebook is running with this icon of liberty and freedom. And of course, we know that Facebook, really what they're doing is the exact opposite of liberty and freedom. They're sort of constricting it what you know so anyway but yeah we don't want it's all
1: being controlled by one man and they're completely subverting all of actual laws that are in place because congress isn't savvy enough to even know how to regulate it because it's so advanced you know or so far beyond there
0: i'm i'm uh of all the social media platforms facebook is the one that i despise the most and i try not to use it and sadly yesterday of all things I got sucked into the Facebook vortex. I ended up watching video after video on Facebook of like dash cam, you know, encounters with state troopers and how to best avoid getting a speeding ticket. And it was like, after, I don't know, 25 or 30 minutes, I, 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 I liberated myself from the screen and had to walk out and tell my wife, Oh my God, I just got stuck in the Facebook vortex.
1: Their algorithm is diabolical. Um, and I've wanted, or I've been t- encouraged to get on TikTok for two or three years now. Yeah. And even grown men, 50-year-old men who are friends of mine are like, it's actually really fun. And the algorithm is way more sophisticated to where it's actually like you're entertained. I'm more entertained on two hours on TikTok than I would be watching a Hollywood you know, film. And that's why I haven't done it yet is because I don't need another vortex to get sucked into that seemingly yeah. plays on all my emotions better than I even know how to control you know
0: yeah our time is limited and um to, yeah I'm just kind of f- focused on Instagram and Twitter Which, but of way, course owned Instagram's by owned by Facebook I know I
1: know I know, I know so let me ask you this yeah. you run a business multiple businesses do you advertise those things on Facebook
0: I do I do. It's a powerful platform. There's a lot of the people that I want to touch on Facebook. I run, I have three different brands that I, you know, trying to manage. And yeah, Facebook is, I, I, it's mostly Instagram, but as you mentioned, you end up in Facebook's sphere of influence in their space. So yes, I do.
1: It's really a conundrum, isn't it?
0: It kind of is, you know, but you know, it's also a really powerful way to reach people.
1: Yeah, but it's hard to be so vehemently anti and then be sucking off the teat at the same right. and need the teat, you know, yeah. like to survive on. Because I remember I was using it uh, up, and, up until, well, Facebook specific, even though I still use Instagram, I was using Facebook specifically up until maybe three years ago, where I realized it was serving me where I could post uh, links to our podcast or whatever. And it would access our audience and they kept encouraging me to buy advertising and I just kept putting it off and then I realized I'd be posting and it wasn't reaching our audience and so they forced me into this funnel where I have to pay in order to reach our audience and then I was kind of like and then all this stuff about their business model that you were just kind of alluding to came out and so I just kind of took a stance where I'm like no I'm not going to play that game and um And so I've just, and, but probably to my own depth peril, you know what I mean? Like we probably don't have as many listeners because I'm not advertising our podcast on Facebook.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could, you could sort of, you know, you could consider just doing it once or, you know what I mean? Like limiting the amount. Um, And then they'll just suck you
1: in deeper though. You know, they'll push you down the funnel even farther. Yeah. And then you get to the point and this is fossil fuels. Exactly. Or I've heard <laughs> about businesses on Amazon being forced into a similar funnel where they're just pinched so tight now that they're making zero profits. And Amazon has stolen all of their IP to make the exact same product, product that they sell as Amazon Basics for half the price and giving free delivery. And they're charging that person who's making no profit warehouse fee you know, to store the product in the warehouse. Like, and so- that was Amazon's plan all along, but the business owners, like, gosh, I've been put out of business by using Amazon because three years ago I thought this would really help me amplify my business. So,
0: yeah, it's a it's a bummer. I mean, I do believe that um, antitrust laws were written for this reason, and we need uh, some authority to step in and break up some of these monopolies. It's only good for the marketplace to have equitable and fair competition. It's good for you and me, the consumers. And certainly they broke up the railroads because of this. And this is more or less, you know, the, the, our version of the railroads. We've got, there, there, cannot, there, can all, there can't just be two sets of tracks and only two people that get to use the tracks. Everybody should be able to use the tracks. Granted, yes, they have built the tracks, but uh, it's now, and they've reaped the benefits from it. And it's time now for others to use the tracks.
1: They just the legislators are so far behind in even understanding the way that the business model operates. When you watch them at those hearings, it's freaking—it's so sa- silly. Like the lawmakers have no clue what's going on. They're like, "How do I turn the phone on?" Exactly, exactly. And then billionaires need to pay their taxes too, Scott. Jeez. Oh my God, we are That's a whole different topic.
0: Fourth of July rant. Talk about boring surf listeners
1: seriously though that mark zuckerberg thing was i honestly felt like we were living in a simulation when i opened my phone and i saw that and i'm like how has he infiltrated?" there was a moment or there was a long period of time where surfing was just adjacent to everything else i could enjoy our surf life and it was a reprieve and i didn't it didn't have to connect with politics and business in the outside world but mark zuckerberg riding a foil and thankfully, he didn't have white. Yeah, thankfully he didn't have white face on this time. But like when riding the foil with the flag, and I, it was like a convergence of all of my worlds, and I was like, <laughs> "All right, I need to burn. I need to throw my phone in an incinerator and just move off the grid because this is this has gotten out of control."
0: I had a thought. Zuckerberg, in many ways, sort of represents the vow, the vulnerable adult learner. <laughs> yes, and, and another acronym that my friends have come up with is athletic new surfer the ans the athletic new surfer because they're athletic enough to get in the way and they're 20 years old 20 28 you know they they're really good basketball players and they decided to pick up so anyway maybe the new name for these types instead of val or ans is is zucker don't be a zucker that guy's a Zucker. such
1: a zucker dude
0: what a zucker dude you're such a zucker Man, I just got rhymed, zuckered by rhymes, that guy. It rhymes with a few other words. Yeah, it is. But, but doesn't Zucker? He's a mother Zucker. Of, yeah, exactly.
1: It's good. Dude, Zucker it's really is good. a Zucker.
0: So I really need to, good. I need you to get Chaz on that.
1: Okay, we'll print some shirts.
0: Need, you guys need to talk about that on the grid since you guys dude, created got, Val, which is dude, perfect.
1: The guy got so zucked, it was crazy.
0: Complete. I got zucked this morning surfing. There was a Zucker. There was like three Zuckers out there.
1: And just, the wave me.
0: storms were like <laughs> battling with
1: each other back and forth. Dude, guy full on back paddled me, ate it, and then started yelling at me like I got in his way. The guy was such a Zuck. It was crazy. <laughs> Complete
0: Zuckerberg.
1: Um, you know who's not a Zuck? Who? Sauce Bottle on Instagram, a.k.a. Gordon Kilby. He won the Channel Islands Too Happy on July 1st. That guy zuckered me so hard. I wanted to he win did. that book. <laughs> he did. But yeah, I guess Gordon, I mentioned who the winner was. Gordon and people are like, oh, good for him. And then once I mentioned it was Sauce Bottle, everybody's like, no way, Sauce Bottle won? Apparently, Sauce Bottle's a bit of a, a folk hero, either on Instagram or in Australia. I'm not sure where he gets his powers from, but uh, congrats. <laughs> Congratu- <laughs> Congratulations to Sauce Bottle. One of the many benefits of supporting our work here keeps us in business, but also um, you can win surfboards. And by the way, Scott, I've got a okay. new one being shaped that I am, um, you will not believe. It is the hottest commodity on the surfboard market you? right now. For our listeners, potentially, it'll come up a later album? in the show. Is it no, the album? No, no, no. no. Because no, I friend. want one of those albums, those Cocoa Ho albums that Matt Me Parker too. makes. Me too, the Plasmic. That Me thing too. looks sick. This thing is even more sought after, but we'll get to it in a little bit. Oh, um, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Did you watch Russell Bierke's Vantage Points after I told you about it? You know what? Okay.
0: I apologize. I wanted to, I need to. Please Russell and please David I promise you I will watch that. I want to watch that.
1: It's 5 minutes so it's not a huge commitment but it'll you're only hurting yourself.
0: However, I'll interrupt your thought here. I did watch Lost Atlantic. And lost oh my god, or yeah. what is
1: it? Lost Lost Track and oh. they they did Lost Track lost news. They did Lost Track New Zealand a couple of years ago. This is Lost Track Atlantic. Oh. Well, I butchered series. it on
0: Instagram then. But anyway, Lost Track Atlantic episode. And two. I'm so close to booking a flight to Morocco. I'm just though there's so many good waves there. Like you'd be blown away how. Oh, I know. Every four kilometers, there's another killer right hander. And
1: yeah, I was how how gnarly is and I've been
0: there before, so I know.
1: You know, I know it's good. So not only is it good, it's actually treacherous. And we know obviously the Billy Kemper story, but those w- the uh at like the 10-minute mark, where it's those double overhead, wide, gaping, thick. thick. Yeah. And Torin surfs it effortlessly. The the way that he makes it look playful is a real attribute to his skill and talent. And it's also not easy to pace on those waves. And he's just like, he's got the pacing so dialed.
0: I think too, and, and you're right, uh, the surfer always trumps the board, but the boards that he's riding give him the ability to kind of play with the power zone of the wave, to play with the pocket and know that if he needs to, he can step on it and get out of trouble. And uh, I think the boards deserve some credit there too. Are those Simon Joneses?
1: They are. And I have that board that he's writing in that section. That's the board that I have from Simon Jones. And honestly, it's been the biggest game changer for me. And I got it in 2019. I wrote it for at least a year straight, maybe more than that. And I wrote it in head high, head high surf in one foot surf. And it's still in great condition because it's triple stringered, tons of glass. It's heavy. Um, it doesn't have any dings on it yet. No pressure more? dings in the deck, 610.
0: And what's the rail like? Does there a performance tucked edge Yes. Does it soften up in the middle of the board?
1: It softens up in the middle, but it's still pretty tucked. It's not you still notice soft. It. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the way to the nose. I'd like and to it gets... ride that. Well. I mean, I have uh, one, kind of, which it, I love, nobody, the one. No, you don't though. That's the thing is I've had I know Ryan Sacle shape you one that was kind of yeah. based on that, but has Ryan seen one in real life?
0: I don't know, but um, I saw this, this. That's not a Keo brand. That's just morning of the earth. Okay. So anyway, no, the answer is, I don't know if Ryan's seen one.
1: I So I've had a bunch of shapers in California ask me to see it because they're, they don't really, you don't see them around here, you Are know, you and it,
0: him? what you shut, do you shut
1: them down or do you let them see it? I'm not telling you, Um, (laughs) but I, I've never seen anybody come close to be honest. And I've obviously there's a bunch of shapers around the world who've been making mid links in the last two years, but they don't come close. The board's just very different. And, um, the way that torn rides it, I don't know that, like I base the way that I surf it off of the way torn rides it. And it's very informative, like kind of stay back, let all of that swing weight up front, kind of stay in front of you. When you have weight in front of you like that, my impulse is to kind of move forward and try to get in front of, try to get on it. That's not the way you do it. You stay, stay back. And like you said, you can lean forward if you want to engage. Like when he's pulling into the tube, then of course you lean forward. But otherwise, the back is actually really performance. It gets very narrow. There's channels, there's the big fins. And so you can pivot off of that and drive off of that and actually get a lot of maneuverability off that back portion of the board but you benefit from all the speed and the weight from the front certainly for paddling and stuff like that so you're not yeah. going to go vert with it but i will come off a bottom turn and certainly crack a lip with the back half of the board you know um so i'm a huge fan of that board and, yeah me um, too and i guess i could spoil it right now but simon jones is who i've got queued up to uh Make a board for us for the giveaway. Oh, you're kidding! No. How, so I messaged some. So I messaged does that board Simon.
0: get shipped over here?
1: It's gonna have to, yeah. So I messaged. How do I get one of those boards? I'll let you ride it. So that's not good enough. <laughs> well, dude, I don't even want <laughs> to ask. I fall and, in love with it. That's that's the blessing and the curse of him being as popular as he is. Look, I had him on the podcast six months ago or whatever. And I didn't even want to ask him for a board because I yeah. know that he's got this giant wait list, but that's but, okay.
0: I, you know what? I'll have Ryan. Can, Ryan's making me great boards. So, so it's, I'll, you know,
1: but here's, here's the deal with Simon. He told me years ago, he's like, Hey, I want to donate a board to the podcast. And I'm like, great, let's do that. And then we just never got to it. Right. And he's, and he's just gotten busier and busier. And then he won the electric acid surfboard test for Stephanie Gilmore and Torren's popularity has increased and all that. So I never wanted to hold him to it, but I messaged him to congratulate him on his recent win, which we'll get to. Yes. And he's like, man, he's like, I'm so flattered. I didn't see that coming, but Hey, I still want to make a board for the podcast. And so let me know what you want and we'll make it next month. So this could all fall apart by the way. I'm not promising this to listeners, yeah. but I messaged him back and I go, "Hey, I don't want to get greedy, but if you're going to be sending a board over here, I'm going to have a hard time giving that away to somebody. So can you make two? Let's make two of the same. I'll pay for it. I'll buy I'll keep one for myself and we will then and then I can discuss it." And yes, yeah, Scott can write it. So make one that fits. And those boards are big enough to where it will fit you in terms of volume. So make one. We will write it. We will discuss it on air. We will promote it, and then yeah. we will keep it and we'll have one to give away to a listener. Sweet. And so he hasn't replied to that email yet. Oh, I don't. Again, I don't want to get greedy, but yeah. that just makes more sense, right?
0: Yeah. I, I had a thought too. Um, how
1: many boards do you have? I I try to keep it trim and i have like 12
0: <laughs> right and and you and i talk a lot about all the boards that i have too you know and i was just in my shed looking at the ones that i ride and i've got some cool boards anyway i had this thought where i want to i want to bring all my boards down to the beach and just throw them out on the sand and let people ride them
1: yeah i agree
0: and i'm not sure when we, and so if you and i combined forces yeah. we could have i like mean i've, a got, I've got
1: more than 12 i've got 20 at least
0: we could have a meetup where people get to just come down and ride our boards if they want. You know, I was thinking that might be kind of fun.
1: Not only would I be fully down to do that. I'm down to get rid of some. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way. Um, It depends what, you know, what time of the day you catch me. at. Yeah. I know. So I I do. Yeah. Go ahead. I have an upright rack that I have like eight that I just in my head, these are in my rotation right now, but ultimately I only ride three or four of them. Yeah. Um, And then a bunch that are buried that I don't even remember what's down there. You know what I mean? Like those should be being ridden. They're just sitting there collecting cobwebs.
0: Yeah. I pulled one out of the cobwebs this morning and wrote it when I hadn't ridden them like, you know, at least two years. What is it? And it's a John Bellock fish, a quad fish by John Bellock. And, um, and, Yeah, I mean, there's, I got boards like that, you know, that I can just pull out and go, oh my God. It, you know, so anyway. My
1: only, my only hesitation with giving them away is five years, eight years down the road, I'll get on to a new thing. Maybe it's a quad, like a quad phase or whatever. And I go, man, I used to have a quad that I loved. Why did I get rid of that thing? And so even though I'm not into the ones that are collecting cobwebs now, I might cycle back into it and wish that I had that old fish or whatever that I once loved, you know,
0: to revisit. Speaking of fish, I'm supposed to go to dark arts and pick up a fish from them to ride. Oh yeah. Pretty excited about that. But okay, so back to this thought. When could we have a meetup where like, you know, we... Maybe we just invite the subscribers or I don't know. That's not fair. Maybe August. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like a Friday morning in August, you know, like a Friday morning or something. Okay. Sometime in August where we just throw the boards out. And, and I mean, I've got long boards. I got all sorts of stuff.
1: I mean, it it would make sense to do it around the boardroom show, but the boardroom show is so busy that it's like, we can't stack one more event on. No, I can't. Can't do that. Okay. Um, Real quick, just to follow back to Russell Beirke, you were saying he looks like groundskeeper Willie. Yes. No, he does not. He looks like Russell Winter.
0: Oh, he, wait a minute, Russell Winter. You mean like Edgar I'm not Winter? not Russell Winter.
1: Um, Edgar Johnny Winter, Johnny Johnny Winter, Edgar Johnny Winter, Winter.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, the brothers Edgar, yeah, or yeah, Johnny
1: yeah. Winter. yeah 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 uh, Johnny Winter is who I'm thinking, or who a listener actually pointed out, and it's a hundred percent spot on.
0: Here's the thing, Johnny Winter. And a woman procreated a baby known as Groundskeeper
1: Willie. Is that so how the a, Groundskeeper a, Willie?
0: Yes, yes. There's a
1: there's a there's a full lineage. Yeah. Thank you for correcting Russell Winter. By the way, I don't know that that name. I pulled out of the recesses of my brain. Yeah. Um, so let's real quick hit the boardroom show. Then give people the up the dates. Yeah. The events that are happening there. So. September 25th and
0: 26th, the Boardroom Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks. And it's, of course, in Del Mar. We're honoring Pat Rawson. I was just on the phone last week with, Fre- uh, with Fred Hemmings. Fred Hemmings is going to come over and give a great talk on the history of professional surfing from his vantage, which is he's got some great insights. Crazy. And um, Chris Morrow is going to be doing a series of seminars, um, and those ones are being um chris and i are fleshing those out right now and they're going to be really great and um we've got rev douglas surf products doing an exhibit on how it's made sort of like the way that i think animal planet or history channel does the show called how it's made anyway they're going to be doing a step-by-step exhibit of board production and of course we've got best in show so if you're a surfboard maker and you're listening right now you don't have to be in the boardroom show to enter a board for free in best in show. So best in show is brought to you by Zio Baffa organic Italian wines. We've got cash $1,500 for first first prize. In addition, you're going to get a free booth at the show next year, you're going to get a bunch of wine. And we've got prizes for second and third place as well. So Get into best in show. And you can go to boardroomshow.com right now to um, figure see how to enter. It's easy to enter. Just send me an email and you're in. Bring a board and you're in. And it's a chance for you to have a board at the show, be represented. And um, that's a good thing. I think I'm trying to get. And we've got quite a few entries already. So best in show. And then, of course, the California Gold Surf Auction will be there and we'll be auctioning off vintage surfboards. And uh, what am I missing? I feel like I'm missing something else.
1: Um, a bunch of I'm other curious, stuff. With the seminars, is there an easy way to record those?
0: Well, I'm in talks right now, and I have a meeting this week. It looks as if there's going to be a live stream of the seminar. So, if you're not able to go to the shows, you'll be able to see a live stream. But I don't want to like be premature, like you were earlier, you know, and announce something that's not going to come to fruition. But I'm about Seventy-five percent sure we're going to be live streaming on Surfline, so you can watch these seminars on Surfline, and actually the entire boardroom show. So if you're in England or in France or in Hawaii or wherever Australia, you can watch. You can see the boardroom show in all its glory on this live stream. But again, caveat: I'm not sure that's happening, and as soon as it does happen, I'll you know I'll be yeah, all yeah. bells and whistles.
1: Well, I'm just thinking even if that doesn't happen we got to figure out a way to record the seminars because so much those guys first of all are like somebody like fred hemmings right like super valuable insights and a lot of work goes into the seminar and um it would be great to record them and then publish them on the boardroom podcast feed yeah just because yeah. they need to live in pos- like in perpetuity for posterity it's almost a shame to just go out to the live people that are there in the venue and then have it wash away.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, record right.
0: them. Yeah. Yes, we will. Add it to try. your list. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> we'll do our best. All right. So, so that's the, dates. the boardroom show. Uh, September 25th and 26th. Tickets will be available starting beginning in August
1: on boardroomshow.com. Yes. Awesome. Cannot wait. Well, Scott years. Bass. Jordy's out of the Olympics, Kira is pumping, electric acid surfboard test ended. What do we got?
0: Well, you know, regarding the Olympics, um, the facts are the facts and the Delta variant is kind of blowing up in Tokyo right now. And the, um, the Japanese version of the CDC over there, their governing body that controls you know, diseases, is saying that the Delta variant is actually going to peak the two weeks of the Olympics. And it's just so happens. Like, yeah, that's just the nature of, you know, I don't want to say serendipity, the opposite of that um, where these things are coinciding at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the daily tally is up 20% from last week and uh, their government advisor there is calling this very, very worrying end quote, The Japanese government, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government, and the local Olympic Organizing Committee have all insisted that the Games are going to go ahead safely. If everyone follows the health guidelines, people are already flying in and testing positive for the Delta variant from outside. And um, a majority of the residents in Tokyo are still opposed to the Games going ahead due to fears that it could turn into a super spreader event. I don't want to come on here and seem alarmist. I'm looking forward to the Tokyo Olympic games. I actually watched some of the track and field qualifiers mm-hmm. for the USA team. It was really exciting. I really actually enjoy the track and field events, um, but, and I'm looking forward and I hope everything goes, goes well, but the facts are the facts. This Delta variant is highly contagious, and that's just the nature of variants. You know, they, they, they adapt, they uh, mutate into stronger forms, and that's what's happening here
1: not only um, highly contagious, but also more deadly, right?
0: I mean, I'm not an expert, probably more deadly, you know, I- I, Well, that's what I've heard
1: is that um, the symptoms are much more severe than, um, than we were kind of getting accustomed to. But I mean, I guess if I lived in Tokyo, I would lock down myself. Like yeah. for those couple yeah. of weeks, maybe even a couple of weeks before, a couple of weeks after, just plan on going back to back in time to 2020 and pretending like it's a lockdown.
0: David, 13% of the population has at least one shot in their arm of the two shot doses. And you know what? I'm just glad I'm vaccinated. You know, I'm glad I'm yeah. vaccinated because the good news is if you're vaccinated, you don't have to worry about the Delta variant. The vaccine works great. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm surprised only 13%. Is it, did they have a hard time rolling out the vaccine in Japan or just people weren't hip to it?
0: No, they don't have the vaccine and they didn't, you know, they didn't have the logistics in place to implement a strategy.
1: Huh. Bummer. Well, imagine a worst case scenario here where. There's a breakout, there's an outbreak in Olympic Village where the world's greatest athletes, you know, not only contract the disease, but what if they die? These are the healthiest people in the world at the peak of their fitness. If they get taken out by this thing, that'll be a real, um, I mean, a real tragedy, but also just like a real serious wake-up call for the rest of the world, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be That's crazy. Situation. It's crazy yeah. to even conceive of. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at, I just Googled. Um, here's a, here's an example. Um, a member of the Ugandan Olympic team tested positive for the coronavirus upon arrival in Japan. And he had the Delta variant that was on Friday, June 25th. Mm. So about a week ago. Yeah.
1: Good See news. Yeah. Um, yeah i mean good news is wear your mask if you're not vaxxed you know wear your mask try not to spread it and uh lay low
0: yeah okay enough of that i know people are sick of jordy's
1: out jordy's out with his knee surgery um jordy is we're gonna look back perhaps the most talented surfer to wink greatness competitively and then just get shunned i mean he's so close to a world title a couple of times just can't quite close the deal so close to an olympic birth uh injury sets him at sidelines and it's like god
0: it's really a bummer from a thirty thousand feet global perspective when you look down on it, it really and, is and just go wouldn't it be great for south africa surfing to have a world champion again yeah. You know, they kind of need that. You know, like they has got a strong... all the talent in the world. Oh, he's incredible. He's he's one of the top five surfers in the world, competitively, without a doubt, without a doubt. He's amazing. And I mean, not crazy.
1: no, you said competitively. I mean, bar none. Just like no qualifiers in terms of talent alone. He's one of the top five surfers in the world.
0: He's one of the guys that if you were free surfing and you saw him surfing. You'd want to watch him surf. You know, there's some people where you're like, uh, I don't really need to watch Pete Derbidge surf. You know, like, yeah, he rips. So does everybody else on the beach. But the, you know, the level of, of talent is exponential with him relative to the other top CT surfers. He's one of
1: those guys. Jordy powered. is a guy you would watch free surf almost anywhere in the world and think. it would be inspired. There's, there's nobody else who can beat this guy right now. Like put John John in the lineup, put whoever and Jordy is right there with them. He is that 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 talented. And he's and a big ocker
0: too. I mean, shoot, totally.
1: You know, he's, totally. he's
0: not like a lightweight. So, I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, a lot of us that are in the 175 pound range. You know, cuz I bet Jordy's at least 180. He's 6'2", yeah, so isn't he?
1: Yeah, I think he's lost a lot of weight in the last year. He looks thinner than ever, but yeah, even then, I think he's 180. I think he was pushing 200 at times. Um, and I mean, I don't, I feel like he hasn't um, lived up to the Geordie of old in the last two years that I've seen him surf. His competitive, he's getting a little more competitively savvy, but if you can't recall Jordy, you know, if we're saying this and you're thinking, no way, Felipe, Idolo. No, go back and watch Geordie in those Kai Neville films or any of Geordie's films, even uh, Bending Colors, uh, and he is on par with anybody who's ever walked the earth. I mean, it's really mind blowing, big airs power, obviously. And um, yeah, it's just a shame to kind of, it's a shame to live long enough to see these guys kind of go through their full career. You know, how old is Jordy? I don't know. I would guess 34, if I had to make a guess, 32, wow. maybe. So three I'll, years I'll from up.
0: now, three, cause look, let's be real. We wouldn't have picked Jordy to win the Japanese Olympics. No. Um, just because he's so big and the ways are so shitty. He's 33. Um, we, we think they're going to be shitty. Mm. 33. So in four years, he'll be at Chopu, hopefully for the team South Africa. But he might be retired from the CT. There might be a South African. But, I, I mean, you know, don't you think he'll probably – I mean, odds are he'll be on the South African team when he's 37.
1: Yeah. I, would I mean, so. I
0: don't know the space. There might be some really red hot young South African kids coming up.
1: Who Look, knows? We would, have, we would have guessed Kelly Slater would be on the American team as well, you know? So, and yeah, there's amazing talent coming out of South Africa. So he could get bumped. But um, uh,
0: Matthew, is it Matthew Mc, McConaughey? McGillivray. McGill, yeah, McGill, sorry.
1: Yeah. Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. No, <laughs> I think he's busy doing other
0: stuff. Okay. Well, not he know, does surf, though. He does. He does. Surf. Yeah. He's a Zuckerberg kind of
1: guy's full zuck
0: is he borderline zuck or is he like one of us
1: i, I think the guy's so cool i want to invite him into the club but he hasn't <laughs> proved his way yet
0: okay
1: <laughs> if he lets right. me if he invites me to come surf like around malibu with him he's, I mean, how,
0: how do you where do you set the line for you're either a zuckerberg or you're a surfer is it like when you began surfing the age at which you began surfing
1: i think it's more behavioral, behavioral. so like val you can mandate with you know a certain um, amount of experience but a zuck is all behaviorally based so if you show up in the lineup with white face you're a zuck if you show up in the lineup with an electric foil you're a zuck if you show up with a flag draped around your shoulders full zuck if you have the waterproof earbuds so that you can listen to music while you're surfing zuck if you i I might be a zuck I (laughs) i might qualify as a zuck Oh, you might. You might. Bad news, Scott. Big reveal uh, on this show is identifying you as a Zuck.
0: I think that the Zucks are, I think Zuckerberg is just a better way to, to qualify those guys that we now call vows. Cause it's, Cause it's Zuck. Cause it's, you're a Zuckerberg. Dude, you're, you know what I mean? Like, don't be a Zuckerberg.
1: What but, if the show, what if the guy shows up? What if it's, uh, it can also be based on net worth. So if a dude shows up in the parking lot in a Lambo, you got no, you got no place in the lineup here. Like if you have a Lambo, you should also have access to a truck and bring the truck to the beach. You don't want to get sand in the Lambo.
0: The thing about Zuck is that he didn't read the room. Like, you know, like really you're going to show up on 4th of July with a flag draped around you foiling on an electric foil or where, I don't even know if it was electric, but you know what I mean? Like, like, that doesn't seem like the best move for your brand, your brand, your Facebook company, you being like, it just seems a little like loud, obnoxious American. Like, you didn't read the room, dude. He doesn't so read the room. So if you show He's up never with a Lambo, no. yeah. And so if you show up with a Lambo, you're not reading the room, or in this case, the parking lot.
1: <laughs> that's so
0: the point. Some, in some regard, maybe that's a qualification to be a Zuckerberg, a guy who can't read the room
1: a guy who has no awareness that a room exists. You know what I mean? Like he'd never been told no, certainly not for the past 20 years. And by the way, Facebook started as a website ranking whether or not chicks were hot or not. That's what it was at Harvard. It was, here's all the girls we go to school with. Here's one, here's another, hot or not, you know? And so that's not reading the room. Exactly, let's not forget that. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. That's who this is. Right. Know? So, wow. yeah, I agree. Don't be a Zuck. Um, did you watch the electric acid surfboard test season finale series finale?
0: Uh, yes, I did. Of course I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I have any takeaways other than people should watch it. I was excited. I guess my big takeaway is I feel like the rusty got kind of I feel like the rusty was the best board yeah or at least for coco but no but that's not true she was, no, ripping the, on album the, album. was
1: the best for her
0: but i mean yeah. it's weird when you look in the camera and you go the rusty is the board that i like the most i was absolutely ripping on the rusty but it's not in my top three i'm like wait a minute what are we doing here like like she she said she got that her get, best
1: wave on that board
0: how did that get through the editing process like well, to me it's like i don't know it's
1: a kind of a slap in the face there it's interesting somebody um so we can reveal the winners uh coco ho picked the album plasmic as her favorite board mason ho picked the simon jones board as his favorite board it was a shorter channel bottom twin was it a pintail i forget yeah yeah um and somebody messaged me a number of people actually messaged me and said mason wasn't ripping the hardest on that board. And it's kind of what you're saying about Coco, even though I think she was ripping probably, that album looked great under her her feet. But the point that I wanna make with the Mason thing is, ripping the hardest isn't what you're going for at a certain point in your career. And I was viewing Mason surfing under my kind of middle-aged eyes and definitely not ripping the hardest that I've ever been surfing and appreciate and also having a context for simon jones's boards and what i was seeing that mason was experiencing out of the simon jones board made me think that mason was going to pick that board and so when people started chiming in and go but he wasn't ripping the hardest on that i thought that's kind of irrelevant he's not trying to rip the hardest he knows how to rip and he's done it a million but what he's getting out of this board is drive that he wasn't getting before, and stability that he wasn't getting before, and speed that he wasn't getting before. And all, and yeah, so the turn is more drawn out, but just look at how much drive he's getting out of that thing. And then he banks off the whitewash with all this power right into a bottom turn. Like those lines are all brand, not brand new to him, but they're a different degree than he was doing before. And that's what he's tapping into. And so that's what I was connecting with when I was watching it. And then to hear all these listeners chime in and not necessarily have connected with that and just wondering why he wasn't fanging the fins out when he hit the lip, I was like, wow, that's, it's interesting how we're all experiencing this differently.
0: Yeah. It's super subjective. I mean, of all, you know, of the, all of the sort of premium content, surfboard focused things that stab does. I, I mean, obviously they only do two right now, maybe three coming up here, but um, This is the weird one. I found myself saying this too. I found myself saying like the boards that they picked for second and third, I found myself going, those weren't the boards that they surfed the best. And then you, you kind of go, well, are they doing that? Like what kind of judging criteria paperwork are they receiving from stab and from Sam and Ashton that says, look, here's what we want you to consider regarding your top three, you know, like, and so they kind of went, well, and, and is there something in there? And I don't know this to be the case, but is there something in there that's like, I don't even know what it would say, but it says something like, don't go to the board that you would choose at five foot Rocky point, go to the board that I don't even know what it says, but it seemed, it seemed like, especially for Coco, I think her second and third choices to me, didn't seem like boards that she looked like she was surfing. Well,
1: well, I don't think that there was any meddling in the judging. Um, I think that this was completely like for you guys have free reign. You let us know what's. Well, wait, what.
0: I'm not saying there was meddling. I'm just saying that I know because of the shape off with with the shape off like, the guys are like, well, what are, what are the ju- what's the judging criteria? You know, and I'm just saying there may have been some judging criteria notes or even verbally communicated regarding how Mason and Coco are supposed to look at this thing.
1: Maybe I, I agree with um, that. I was surprised by the selections too. And even though I don't think this was mandated, Coco picking the mayhem as her third favorite, I was like, that thing looked, that thing was bogging. Like it did not look great. And she has to be just trying to be polite to her, obviously her shaper. And again, I don't think it was mandated, but I do think it was like, God, we can't like talk crap about the guy who makes us boards for our entire life. And so let's give him a, you know, give him a third place, give him the bronze.
0: By the way, I ran into Matt this morning and had a long chat with him. He was randomly in the parking lot down here. No
1: way. Yeah. That is random. That's not normal.
0: I know it was random, but he was down here with his kids surfing and stuff. And um, if I can just divert a little bit, I'll give you some insight into what we talked about, Please. which I find to be interesting. First of all, he said the board that he made made for those two was just like a full one off. He's just like, he, he just went off the reservation regarding what he would normally do and he made, and he made some boards and they were, they were, they were a little bit
1: out there relative by the way. I appreciate him doing that because yeah, he would be right. And they would be too identifiable to Mason and Coco if they were just a different version of what he's already been giving them. And so I agree. I appreciate him putting his neck out there, knowing that it could get chopped and going for something.
0: Yeah, totally. And, 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 you know, Matt's got enough. um, You
2: know, he, he can do that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, one of the takeaways from our conversation was um, that he's got a bunch of models that he's just been sitting on because of COVID. He's like, there's no need to release models. We're, we're super busy. We're back ordered like every other surf builder in the world right now. And we can't even build the ones that are out there that people are wanting. Why add more m- to the mix? And so he's got all the, he, he showed me two of his, boards that he's been sitting on for a year and a half that they were going to release in early 2021 spring of 2021 or excuse me spring of 20 god it's been it's been a long time spring of 20 that he that they're just sitting on and i'm sure that and i'm assuming that a lot of the board builders are like just sitting on a bunch of cool models he was like you don't need to do models right now this thing has taken has like simplified everything it's like there's no need to like add little splishy splash and this and that and hyper that and
1: well you know the other the other detail is rollout is so difficult to manage when you're an international surfboard brand. So if they do introduce a new model, that means all around the world. And you already have shelf space in those retailers with 10 other models, and the retailer can only hold so many boards. So do you take out the driver or the Uber driver or whatever to make room for this new model. And then a a customer who loves the Uber driver is going to come in and be like, where's the Uber drivers? Oh, no, we're not. You know, it's just a kind of a nightmare to roll out. And how do you fit those into the production line as well? Not just the retailer, but. And he brought up another.
2: Yeah, yeah, go go ahead.
0: He brought up another point that is fascinating too and pretty obvious. And, And this kind of speaks to Simon Jones because Simon Jones came out and, and basically, you know, Tor and Martin, they were basically like, hey, here's this twin fin rounded pin, you know, and you and I have been riding them for a couple of years now, ever since Simon, basically, you know, I don't want to say he came, that board's been around forever. I mean, Jerry McNabb yeah. was making those in 1982, but, but they kind of reintroduced this, this design to the marketplace. And Matt was like, you know what, we don't have to market those anymore. Like he was basically saying Channel Islands the Devon board that Channel Islands came out with, that mid-length, they did all the marketing for Matt. Matt's like, I'm building tons of these things. I can't, that's all I'm building. is like these mid-length Devon Howard, you know, I don't know what the phrase is for that design other than mid-length. And um, this idea that you can let other companies do the marketing for you like how many times have, like, for instance, I went to Ryan Sacle. I'm like making one of those Simon yeah. Jones boards, you know, totally. And I'm, and I'm sure that Matt at album, Matt Parker, at album's getting hounded to have, have them build those plat. What is it? Plasmatic? Plasmic. Plasmic model. You know, like I'm, I want to call Matt I'm sure he's just too busy to build them. So I'm going to go to somebody else and ha- make me something like the plasmic, you know what I mean? Like other companies doing the marketing for you in this time of COVID, because you, you don't,
1: It's hard to manage models, as you mentioned. I agree. That's a fascinating concept that I hadn't thought of before. Um, I've got a question for you. What is, how do you define a fish? Because I feel like every board they rode there, they're like, oh, this fish, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at it going, that's not a fish. You know, like we need to be a little more specific. It's an alternative short board and it's kind of got fish elements in it. I don't think we can just call everything with two fins under six foot a fish.
0: That's a good question. And I'm not the uh, end all be all on this. This is a question that I would refer to skip Fry or to Steve Liss or to bird Huffman or to rich Pavel or any number of San Diego guys. Right. Even like, um, Oh, who's the guy that would be a good guy. um, uh, Steve old time, San Diego guy. Anyway i can't remember this no 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 another guy named steve anyway um and what i've and i've asked this question before and some have told me that the the inches between the the tips on the twin fin right 17 inches If it's narrower than 17 inches it's not a fish it's a twin fin 17 inches between the that's pretty wide yeah 17 inches but i don't know uh you know, that's obviously not an industry standard or anything. It's yeah. all based on, it's all marketing.
1: Yeah. I, I guess I think of it more as uh the way.
0: Steve Siebold is who I was thinking.
1: Oh, okay. sorry. I like the way that came to you though. Um, <laughs> the way your brain works, it just a little bit slow, but I mean, sometimes it's in the <laughs> middle of the, sometimes it's in the middle of the night that I remember stuff, you know, <laughs> like I forgot. In the morning, I'm like, God, what was that? And then 3 a.m., I'm like, oh, there it is. Um, The way that I think of a fish is more in how it performs. And it's down the the line speed through flat, mushy sections. And it's never going to go vert. And so, of course, then working backwards design-wise, what you get out of that is like a thick, short, wide board. And, yeah, two fins are part of it. And, pref- I mean, keels are probably mandatory for a fish. I don't know um, about
0: that. You lost me on Really? That. Yeah.
1: Okay. Only um, because, you know, wide Steve, base.
0: Stevie doesn't ride keels. Oh, he doesn't? No. I mean, he'll make oh, okay. you one with keels. And there are plenty of lists out there with keels. But his personal boards, at least last time he made me a board, they were, all the f- lists I've had of it have been, like, Mr wide, you know, oh, really? normal, upright
1: fins. Does he do glass ons? Yeah. Yeah. Marine um, fly. Yeah. So those are the elements that I think of as a fish. If the board is designed to do that, that's a fish. But when you're doing airs on them, that's no longer a fish, you know? And, and <laughs> in, order to, in order to do airs on it, there has to be different rail, thinner, all these other things. And then it's no, to me, that's just no longer a fish.
0: Yeah, you're getting something different. Tweener
1: zone. It's a tweener. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Well, I would like, in closing, with the electric acid surfboard test, I would like to say that this is Stab's best effort yet. They are going from strength to strength, not just with the electric acid surfboard test, but each new thing that they put out. Andy Irons and the Radicals was the last that I could think of, was better than whatever they had done before this is better than that. I think that their crew right now is really strong. Creatively, they're coming up with things that are like reading the room perfectly, like kind of touching on exactly what we as viewers want to see. And then execution wise, they're nailing it. They're highly entertaining. They're highly informative. I feel like I'm getting my money's worth out of the premium subscription. Even if I don't read any of the premium stuff, even if it's just these tentpole video pieces that they do quarterly, it's well worth it.
0: The, um, so the next one, right? This hunt, What is it? 100 surfers or something? What is Surf 100.
1: Surf 100.
0: They've got Mikey February. So Mikey February would be a guy that I'd like to see be the key surfer in the next. I know we got Kelly Slater lined up for the next electric acid surfboard test, but I think Mikey February uh, might fit the bill really well. Um, I'm not okay. against
1: it. I just don't know anything about him in terms of how communicative is he? How savvy right. is he exactly. talking about board design? Yeah, those um, are somebody, questions. I saw somebody messaged us um, recommending the Godowskis brothers.
0: Um, maybe, you know, I don't see why not. I don't, three people seemed like a lot. Two, first of all, let's get into this two, is two is too many.
1: I didn't think so. You
0: didn't I think I liked so. it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was, it was three actually- too many. Three could be, I mean, I thought two was added value. Like I really learned more about each of the designs, hearing people communicate their differences that they were experiencing on those designs. And I think three would be too many. Well, three, they did the all-stars stab in the dark thing with Jordy, Mick and Dane. So three might be too many with, but the Gadaskis brothers are a clan and they work well together, just like Mason and Coco worked well together or, I mean, I guess we argued against that at times, but I feel like the the Godowskis could work well as a threesome. Well, the hoes worked
0: great in the water where the problems for me was that uh, Mason would step on Coco Ho every time she was speaking. Not yeah. every time, but often. Yeah. When they were together, for sure.
1: And uh, re- regress the conversation, you know? Right. It's like right. he would step on her to like, try to be very Mason and funny. And it was like, well, she never got her point across we want the point you know yeah um, harrison
0: roach was sent to me and yeah, probably yeah. to you um machado makes a ton of sense ross oh the...
1: gosh i didn't even think about that that's a great yeah. call that yeah, is Machado's a great a call.
0: call yeah really good call because to talk about a guy who who absolutely sort of bridges those the performance surfboard and the alternative performance surfboard he on a bunch of different levels as a shaper, as a designer, as a surfer. You know, we've got a pipe master who right now, as we speak, is probably riding an Alaya, you know? yeah. Um, So Rob might be the, you know, the only concern with Rob is that he's a little bit controlled in what he's going to say. You know, you want somebody to be really um, not outspoken, but sincere and honest and not concerned about some backlash that you might get. I want critical is what I want. That's what, yeah, we want critical. Is Kelly going to be
1: critical? I would think so, yeah. Hmm. I, would, I would think so. Um, let's touch on Surf 100. Did you watch the previous two Surf 100s? No. Are you familiar with the concept?
0: Not really, no. Fill me in.
1: So in COVID, and there wasn't any WSL content, Stab conceived of running their own version of a contest. And they wanted... So part of the problem with a surf contest is it becomes so controlled, you create all of this criteria that it's now no, almost nothing like surfing. You know The experience that the two competitors have in the water, it's a very different experience than actually just free surfing. So I think Stab's idea was, let's create very few parameters and just kind of have a free surf and decide who's the best surfer in a free surf. And the first one was semi-successful in that effort. Uh, It was at lowers and it was Griffin Colapinto, Ian Crane and Chloe Andino. And I believe Chloe Andino won that. And it was a 100 minute exhibition. So we're already, these guys are already surfing lowers every day in the summer anyways, and they're already filming. And we're not gonna cordon off the area. So you guys go out there and you fight for waves like you normally do. We'll just film it. And then we'll have a team of judges. Um, I forget they got, they had commentators and judges. So I think the commentators were Taylor Knox, um, Dane Reynolds and Sal, Salema, Masakela. And then the judges, I forget who the judges were, but um, they then packaged that in its full 100 minutes. So without any cutting down, but they edited it, you know, over to the commentators and stuff like that. And they replayed waves. They packaged it into a 100 minute thing that they put on stabmag.com for all of us viewers to view in on a Thursday night at seven o'clock and watch it in real time and assess. And I think they implemented some sort of a judging thing for the viewers as well to participate in. Ultimately, Chloe and Dino won that event. It was very well done, I thought. And, um, Actually, better than the WSL's content in a lot of ways. But the improvement that they made on the second version of it was they put it in Great Surf. So they did part two at North Point, and it was during a pumping swell with Jay Davies, Jack Robinson, and Jacob Wilcox. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Jack Robinson won that event. And so this is the third iteration of it. They've already filmed it. It was in Mexico at some of the same point breaks that Mason and Coco were surfing during East and the three surfers are the aforementioned Mikey February, Mason Ho, and Dane Reynolds.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the little teeny teaser that they put at the end there um, was fascinating because they were talking about the Simon Jones board. They were, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: So it's a free surf with those three guys in a hundred minutes and we'll see who surfs the best in a free surf. There was a one, Um, addition that they made in this version of it that Mason referred to, which was they're going to surf their standard equipment and also do kind of a separate heat with alternative equipment. And Mason was saying like, Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to ride this Simon Jones. If Matt Biolas like gives me the approval on it essentially. (laughs) Um, So we'll see how that plays out, but I'd be fine just watching them ride their standard equipment too. Hold on for this Yep. Hey, while Scott's away, a uh, reminder of the sponsors who support this show, who, by the way, make phenomenal product that is a part of our daily lives, um, athleticgreens.com slash surf, it is a green whole foods powder made in New Zealand, it is a phenomenal product, uh, the sourcing, the ethics, sustainability, um, all top-notch and athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal it supports the show and of course you get a free year of vitamin d and then of course surfnvs.com is nvs's finn's website and um, if you use our promo code, it's the word podcast. That lets them know that we sent you. But like we said at the top of the show, go and buy them at retail to support your local retailers. Follow them on Instagram, tag them in your posts, let them know, show them lots of love. NVS fans, surfnvs.com.
0: Yeah, welcome back, back to the podcast. Um, couple things. You mentioned uh what was it you mentioned that had me thinking of well anyway i've got my musty moment or maybe it's it. too too early for that
1: it's not i need my phone is blowing up i gotta get to work
0: oh by the way did you post the boardroom podcast with jim kempton the former editor yeah. of surfer magazine oh yep okay i didn't see that can you send me that yeah um, maybe
1: i maybe i didn't send you the uh embed code yeah but yeah it's posted so tell me about it
0: uh, well, I mean, you should listen to it. It's really, I, I find Jim to be a great interview. So Jim Kempton, pod, Boardroom Podcast. But my must-see moment is Summer of Soul, this movie that Questlove put out uh, regarding the Harlem Cultural Festival in 1969. And it's, um, <clears throat> I, David, I know you will enjoy it. It's, um, it's kind of, well, it is interesting. Um, and it, I learned a lot. About um, that that period in time, um, and and the need for African Americans to sort of have their own moment um, during this that summer at Wood, that was you know known as the summer for Woodstock. There was actually this wonderful Harlem cultural festival that included. Oh, I know what it was. You mentioned Salema. Yeah, Masikaela. Hugh Masikaela is in it. Oh, okay. It's nice. Cool. So Hugh Masakela mm-hmm. is in it. There's a bunch of people in it. Um, I'm not
1: familiar with the summer of soul. Um, where can I watch this?
0: Hulu. It's a okay. free, I think it's a free watch. If you subscribe to Hulu, Perfect. Uh, summer of soul, it's really good. It's got the Family Stone, Glass Night Dips, um, the lead singer from um, fifth dimension, um, a bunch of stuff. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, these, basically these people filmed this entire festival they went to try to sell it. Nobody wanted to touch it. And it sat in the basement for 50 years and they just uncovered it and they edited it and made this great movie about that time, that period it's of amazing. time. Yeah, it's really good. I uh,
1: mean, I love a good documentary. Um, and you know who else I've heard has albums in the archive that have never seen the light of day? Is Prince. Oh. Like he well, you know was who's just very, prolific and pumped out you, a ton of work.
0: You say that because you know who the very first Prince was? There was a Prince before Prince. And it hmm. was Sly from Sly and the Family Stone. He this guy Prince? was he was he was brought up in a musical family, a gospel-loving family. He played every single instrument, much like hmm. Prince. Like he can play any instrument, you know. And he was a producer. He did a, so. He's kind of like the archetype for Prince.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um, so here we got to really these guys: Prince, Questlove these are great names. How come we haven't branded ourselves with a with a solitary name that is identifiable by everyone? You have three names. It's too <laughs> like many. My, it's like serial my, killers. My wife was
0: talking about this this morning. She's like, why does he have three names? I go, I don't know. she goes, you need three names. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> What's your I'm middle gonna, name? I'm not even going to go there. Hey, guess what place Jack Robinson is on the WSL about to just a few events away from being eliminated from the WSL.
1: 24. 28. 28. 28. God. Oh, by the way. I mean, I, I preached
2: about I this
1: crime before we got kicked off for the season. I'm like, man, we cannot have the greatest surfers in the world who finally earn their way on tour getting booted off. Yeah, sure. We want to run a COVID season. So you're going to go run a beach breaks, blah, blah, blah. No, it's going to hurt us in the long run because once we're looking at 2022 and we actually have Cloud Break or G-Land or some sunset beach back on tour, and it's going to be these guys who can only surf three-foot waves surfing those waves. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, check this out. Jack got
0: – bear with me here. He's in 26, not 28. His best result is guess where? Pipeline. Yeah. Um, and then I think Margaret river
1: is a pure crime
0: and Jack Robinson might get kicked off the WCT because of this COVID year at these crappy waves.
1: I'm curious where he is on the QS. Can you easily Um,
0: access that? I think so. Let's see if I go to events.
1: Well, the reality is he hasn't been surfing the QS events, right? So he's not going to be high up.
0: Challenger series. Let's see if I can get men. Is it would be challenger series? The, yeah.
1: They haven't run the Challenger Series yet. So that's okay. the thing. He could make a big push after the CT season on the Challenger Series and get back on tour. But the point is, this was ill-conceived. This never should have happened. Again, I'll use the same analogy. These Formula One drivers who have been training for two decades to cert to surf the best waves in the world to shave seconds off their mile times at formula one races have been put into go-karts and are now their careers are in peril because they're not great at driving go-karts, which was a disastrous idea in the first place to even put them in go-karts.
0: So Jack Robinson on the QS is 25th in the, in the region of Australia. That's not the world region in the region of Australia. And, you know, there's guys like Julian Wilson, Liam O'Brien, Jacob Wilcox, Ryan Callanan. There's guys that are on the CT now that are ahead of him on the QS.
1: Julian Wilson. So he can make a big push of the Challenger Series. Um, So let's hope for that. But, again, did you hear Sophia just bark? Mailman just showed up. You're getting buzzed. Um,
0: You're getting barked.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just looked up, I did not publish the Jim Kempton episode. So I'll do that as soon as we get off air. I know I did all the work. I just probably didn't push the publish button. So I'll do that after um, we get off air and then listeners can grab that. Um, My must see moment is actually a little bit different. It's the resin and soul series on Surfline. Have you been tracking this?
0: Yeah, I helped a little bit with
1: it. Oh, you did good. So Surfline's doing a series that's focusing on laminators. um, And they've got, I don't know how many parts it's going to be, but they've published two, oh, three parts. Okay. So they've published two thus far. And obviously we always talk about surfboard shapers. There's a lot of people involved in board building. Uh, And sometimes the shaper does all of the other parts themselves, but there is a specialist that exists that is the laminator. There's also specialists that exist for sanding and for fin setting. And uh, this series focuses on those laminators. So it's awesome. I think those people deserve to be highlighted and they did a, Surfline did a great job with the series. What are you laughing at?
0: I just had this satirical thought where, where they do a series on the, the guys that sweep up <laughs> the best. These guys are super talented. The the type of broom that they use, like so. Further, that would be a great. So parody. let's just
1: let's just let's analyze. Scott Bass is equating laminators to the sweepers. Is that no, what just, you're saying? I'm, no, it I'm takes the thinking, same amount of talent.
0: No, what I'm saying is, wouldn't that be a great series on Surfline when they, they they focused on shapers, they focus on laminators? Let's focus on the guys that sweep up these craftsmen.
1: We we actually need to um, praise. Th- we need to get more sweepers is kind of what we need to do. We right. need more kids that are interested in working in surfboard factories. And guess what? That's where you start. So let's glamorize the sweeper to hopefully encourage the backfilling of the industry because uh, it's not happening at a fast enough rate. And the icons are retiring with 50 years of experience and nobody to share that knowledge with. Yes. Well, um, you know, so I was talking about Questla being a great name, Prince being a best name or a great name you know who's got the best name among all the laminators
0: um yeah alex super wolf
1: yeah. super wolf yeah that is a great name that is a good name
0: sauce bottle is a pretty cool name <laughs> so- <laughs> sauce
1: bottle's really good but he's not a laminator as far as i, I know, know
0: but i mean just as far as names go sauce bottle's pretty
1: good <laughs> I'm a really big is. by the way you can yeah. tell your wife yes my middle she's name here right now my middle through. name is what she's referring to i didn't start going by my middle name i feel like our listeners are the ones who have he's, started you i only went by david scales for 30 years of my life he's
0: saying that his middle name isn't the re- like he's not taking credit for people using his middle name he prefers david scales oh, so we got it. Got
1: it,
0: Bob. she was going to name me something like scotty bob bass or something
1: like well what is your middle name we could just use that. oh
0: my middle name's william but i'm i'm not big on the whole middle name thing
1: it's a lot that's, your, that's a your lot bias. scott yeah, william bass to, is a lot scott billy boy it, bass
0: we got to bring it down
1: the other problem is serial killers are always branded with three names right. and so that's unfortunate for me
0: that is david lee scales does sound like a serial killer a little bit like you could be bit. in a quentin tarantino movie
1: little bit yeah um all right scotty Billy. by the Scott, way billy bass <laughs> you guys i
0: didn't realize that you and Chaz were on this greg Knoll as a feature hollywood film thing was that something you guys did on your show yeah because i picked up on somebody who goes hey jack black would be a great greg Knoll. he would be and he's the best J- greg Knoll. i don't maybe but then it got me thinking who would be the best person to play kelly slater who would be the best person to play duke conemoco who would be the best person to play laird hamilton Add These it are to our th- next
1: show.
0: Well, you guys need to figure this out.
1: Let's add I it to our next Denzel show. Denzel
0: Washington should play Duke.
1: That'd be epic. That's a great call, actually. Yeah. Um, why Vin, are you anti-Jack? Ben Diesel
0: Jack? plays Kelly Slater. <laughs> no, that wouldn't work. I could see I'm not anti-Jack Black, but I just don't see Jack Black. I mean, he's so comedic.
1: I, I think that he has the talent to go straight, though. You know, like he's Is got he the big chops. Enough?
0: He's not big enough.
1: He's pretty big. But yeah, he's not, maybe not tall enough. Um, but who would be a better, I mean, you who, know who would be have a been better
0: Greg Knoll? Greg Sadly, he's passed. Is the guy that was in The Sopranos. The lead actor in The Sopranos would have been James a Gandolfini. Greg. Yeah, Gandolfini would have been a good Greg Knoll. He's big enough, super talented. Gandolfini yeah. I could have seen.
1: I have a hard time making that leap from mob boss though like i'm he's so ingrained in my great actor
0: that's what makes a great actor you're gonna then the other guy i was thinking of but he's too old is the guy that was in um roseanne um the guy that you know that was in yeah john goodman yeah yeah
1: Yeah, i I, i'm not against these i i could see a young clint eastwood but he'd have to bulk up you know like you have to beef out like but look at christian bale christian bale as dick cheney Got super beefed out that was for that role. I mean. yeah. yeah, I mean it was unidentifiable. Like that yeah. version of of um, Christian Bale could play Greg Null.
0: Yeah. So then that brings in who's the my, two left foot? Two left. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis yeah, could play any of these guys.
1: <laughs> like he could just transform. Daniel's unbelievable. Like when I watched him in There Will Be Blood playing yes. the oil baron, yes. and then going up on stage to winning to accept his oscar and he's so effeminate he's just like shy and making he's oh it's almost like like that's an act too like you
0: feel like that's an act as well you know
1: totally but i couldn't reconcile who i'm watching on stage right now winning this award with this character or bill the butcher was another great example New York, York. yeah and i'm like this isn't the same human being this is like these are two different people. It has to be two different people. Gangs of New York
0: is a great film, and it made and because I was throwing out Leonardo DiCaprio on some of these, I'm like, which guy would Leo play? He might be able to play Laird Hamilton.
1: Not a chance.
0: Who do you need? You need like kind of like Hugh Jackman. Maybe. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Anyway, this is a, this is a discussion for the grit, not for spit. Although, why not? Anyway, why uh, not? i gotta go i got a meeting here all
1: right hey, Scott, uh, until good, next good, time
0: good show until next time david adios and aloha
1: my kook of the week is zuck
0: obviously good, good one a little post script yeah. post script yeah. yeah. and enjoy the song by elton john adios yeah. and aloha.